You're listening to the Floxy Hope Podcast, Episode 5. Thank you for listening to the Floxy Hope Podcast. This is Lisa Bloomquist. Our guest today is Rose Casanova. Thank you so much for being here, Rose. Thanks for having me, Lisa. So, Rose, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, okay, well, I live in, I live in, well, actually, New York uh, City metro area. We did live in Brooklyn, but when I got floxed, we actually were moving. So we moved to New Jersey. I'm originally from Chicago. Um, I've been in this area for about four years. I am a writer, um, and I also sell antique and vintage books, and I trade um options on stocks and commodities. Excellent. Um, What was your health like? Can you tell us a little bit about your health before you got floxed? Just a little bit about your history. My, I had, um, physically I was pretty healthy. I did have um, uh, a history of depression. So I was on some medication for that. And I had been on medication for for that for quite some time. And um, the reason, well, we could get into this. I I started to get migraines about two years ago. So I felt like that was kind of messing with the quality of my life. I wouldn't say I was unhealthy, but I wouldn't, I, I felt like I could be healthier. I felt like, like I wasn't at my, my, optimal health. Sure. And how old are you, Rose? Um, 49. Great. Just to kind of give some, some context, you know? Yeah. You know, like a lot of, a lot of people say, and I think a lot of doctors think that these side effects only happen to people over 60. And I'm not sure how they think the drugs know how old you are, but somehow they're under the impression that, that, Floxing symptoms only happen to people who are over 60, which we both know is completely incorrect. But, um, but anyhow, uh, so you got an infection of some sort, right? Okay, here's what, not, no, I didn't actually. This is the sad part. Um, since I, I felt like I could, my health could be improved, mm-hmm. I went to a doctor uh, that is, I, first of all, I, I read, I'm always, I'm always trying to prove my situation, even like health wise and, um, manage my depression. So I've always been in like, try new therapies, meditation, um, whatever the latest fat is juicing or smoothies or, you know, whatever stuff like that. Um, my diet has been really good for years, except for sugar. That's the one thing I have a weakness with, but, um, other than that, a plant-based diet, really, you know, good foods and things like that. I'm very knowledgeable about all that stuff. Um, I drink lots of water. I don't drink any soda. You know, I have never drank soda. Um, and I felt like, th- like I could, could be better, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, I, I read this book by, I think Susan Blum. Uh-huh. It's the autoimmune something or another. 
because I had heard that it's possible that depression could be an autoimmune disorder. Now, I don't know where I heard this, but I, I somehow did. And I was like, it seemed like that, you know, that's feasible. That's possible. Maybe it is. I don't know. So I read that book and in the book I found... Um, not only did she suggest like this sort of outline for a diet, but she suggested a bunch of herbs and and not herbs, uh, supplements, fish oil, different things like that. Mm-hmm. She also suggested going to see a functional medicine doctor. So I went to the website, the Institute for Functional Medicine website, and I found a doctor that was... Uh, you know, like treated the whole thing, all right? So he could possibly link my depression to some sort of maybe nutritional imbalance. I've always believed that that was possibly, um, that that was a possibility, that maybe my depression is from some sort of something else going on in my DNA. Sure. Or in my cells. That is not just neurotransmitters, you know, messing up. It's something holistic. But up until now, there really hasn't been too many doctors that, that, uh, that you know, deal with you holistically. And I've been to every single doctor you can imagine, uh, dating back all the way to the 90s. Right. Trying to figure something out. You know, I've been very active in trying to, to heal myself. So um, I read this book and then I I made this appointment with this doctor in New York that was on the functional medicine list. He seemed to have the most experience. He was he had really good reviews, blah, blah, blah. Um, And he did a a uh, he put me on the elimination diet. Now, he didn't just put me on the regular elimination diet. He put me on a pretty severe a pretty strict elimination diet because I had specific the problem of depression and I was getting migraine headaches okay okay that actually I didn't get any migraine headaches after I started that elimination diet I have not had a migraine headache since I started that diet in uh August so and I was getting um about once every four days that would last three days. I would be in bed for three days. That's how bad they were getting. They were getting terrible. And But this is it was a fairly new thing. It wasn't like something that I had been dealing with for my whole life. It was like something I had just been dealing with for about six months, but it was pretty bad. Um, I'm not quite sure what I eliminated that made the migraines go away because I pretty much eliminated everything. So I eliminated soy, dairy, um, nuts, uh, wheat, um, what are the big ones? Oh, nightshades. I basically just eat fruits, vegetables, and meats. Right. That's it, pretty much. So, um, okay, so I'm not getting migraines anymore. But then I, I did... He, he did all this blood work that, that they, the functional medicine doctors do. And they're through these different, there's a few labs that run them. One is Genova Diagnostics. And there's a couple others. I don't know what the names are, but mine was Genova Diagnostics. Mm-hmm. So 
they he ran the labs and when everything came back he put me on like a whole like i'm not kidding you like i i would have to say like 25 different supplements that were you know like fish the usual stuff you know plus some extra stuff that i had never even heard of mm-hmm. but and this was all like the from the blood you know the blood the blood work or whatever. I, I don't know how to read the, the, um, the, the tests. Yeah, I don't. Sure. I tried, but I really, I was like, you know, I don't know what they half this stuff is anyway. So in the test also was this, this, uh, comprehensive digestive stool analysis. Uh-huh. All right. Which is another, the other test I took and on the test on page four, it talks about your um, uh, what's the, the bacteria in your gut. Mm-hmm. Okay, so bacterial sensitivity, and then it says that I have I had like some high rating of uh, baculus cereus c e r e u s. Okay. Okay. Which, which doesn't respond to certain antibiotics, but responds to Cipro. And it's like on this, on, on my um, thing, I have it circled because I was like, this is, he was reading through this with me and he's like, so I'm going to give you Cipro. And I'm like, hmm, that's interesting because, you know, I thought like antibiotics kill your gut bacteria. Right. Right. So I, and I mentioned that to him, but I also had remembered reading in that Blum book that she, some, she also prescribes serious antibiotics for bacterial issues. Um, so I was like, okay, you know, I'll start the Cipro and all these other supplements. All right. So I went home, I got it that night. I'm a very compliant patient and I started taking the Cipro and, um, it was okay for about three days, but by the fourth day, I was like, this is something, this drug is, like, really making me ill. In what like, way? Like, what, how were you like, feeling? I else? just felt really yucky. Like, my food wasn't sitting right. This is just the beginning. You know, my food wasn't sitting right. I was kind of, like, really cranky. I was getting really edgy. I, um, I had, a uh... uh um, like starting to feel a little bit spaced out, a little achy, weird, like just kind of squirrely. I don't know if anyone knows what that means, but where your skin starts to feel like it's crawling a little bit. And I'm thinking, that's weird. You know, is this, is this like the, uh, you know, the supplements I'm taking? But I was like, that can't be, you know, it's like fish oil and I mean, nothing. There was, and I looked up all the supplements to make sure that that wasn't it. But for whatever, because I'm such a compliant patient, I was like, I'm going to take this Cipro for two weeks, like he said. All right? Right. So even though I felt like these kind of off, you know, this offness, I guess you would call it, I still continue to take it. So by the sixth day, though, sixth or seventh day into the Cipro, I mean, he gave me two weeks of Cipro for 500 milligrams twice a day for two weeks. To kill my 
uh, stomach bacteria that was causing leaky gut. All right. So like, oh, my goodness. Talk about trying to put out a fire with gasoline. I know. I'm like, okay. Like he gave you Cipro to get rid of a leaky gut. That is the most absurd thing I have ever heard. Okay, well, if you read into, okay, here's what I found out. First of all, this is actually a common thing that functional medicine doctors do. It was, he wasn't trying to cure, I don't know if he was trying to cure my leaky gut. I think that was the next step. He was trying to get rid of um, some of the, the gut bacteria I had. Sure. Sure. Okay. So which which not, makes sense. Like if you're sick, like if you were right. like, if you were, if you were having, um, you know, some, some really bad GI problems, but no, you don't I just throw a nuclear bomb in your gut for no reason. Right. He said I had, okay, here's the list. It was, and it was for some reason, it didn't come up. Candida didn't come up, but, um, here streptococcus. Mm-hmm was three plus. I don't know what that means. Um, Citrobacter brachii. B-R-A-A-K-I-I. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like I've, I've read about them when I've, when I'm reading things about, about probiotics and things and things like that. And, you know, they're definitely names of names of bacteria. And I mean, I guess, I guess it makes sense on, on, some level that he was trying to get rid of those those bacteria right. that are perceived as being as being bad, but Cipro is most definitely right. trying to yes cut out a fire with gasoline. Yeah. I don't think that the bacterias I had were um, like some huge issue. Right. Anyway, I think that there's also here's another thing in New York State. They are not allowed to suggest the herbal remedies. This is what I found out. This is all like a, now you get into legal stuff. Uh-huh. So you're getting into like, you know, the FDA requirements, the requirements of the state, this, that, and the other. So in New York State, and I'm pretty sure New Jersey too, they are not allowed to say, oh, uh, on these on these test results, they're not allowed to say, take uh, oregano oil which I think they do in other states. Right, or garlic, or sauerkraut, or... um, Right, exactly. Or andrographis, which is an antibacterial herb. Right. So that I found out later. Anyway, so then, so I take this stuff, and I'm like, something's not right. And um, by the seventh day, I, I, no lie, lock myself in my bedroom. Because I'm now starting to get sensitivity to light. And that's the darkest place because we have skylights in our apartment there. So I'm like, okay, the light's really bothering me. I go into my room and I shut the door and I close the shades. And I'm thinking I'm just having, maybe I'm getting a migraine. You know, I'm still not, I'm still not thinking it's the Cipro. Mm -hmm. And um, then I get uh, sensitivity to sound sensitivity to smell everything starts smelling really like potent i mean now i'm waking up and i can taste the fumes coming off the street 
which is like I could that never was like that before. I, that's never happened to me. I could smell the bleach in my water, like the chlorine, mm-hmm. which I had no problem drinking my water, you know, for four years before that. Um, st- like those types of things. And I'm like getting more and more like, you know, it, it, you start to think maybe you're going a little nuts. Right. You know, like super sensitive. So I'm becoming very sensitive. I'm in bed and I'm obsessing about my frame of mind because it feels like now it's going all right um and I'm like what is going on because I'm not kidding you I felt like I was spiraling really fast into some sort of like depression the abyss of depression I mean really fast like with hours you know something that might take months or years for somebody to go through was happening in like minutes and hours you know this like And I was panicking. I was like, what is happening? You know, I'm getting like these really dark thoughts. I'm getting super sensitive. I'm shutting the windows. I'm like, what is going on? And now at this point, this is maybe the 10th day. By the 10th day, I can barely walk. My legs hurt so bad. All right. And I'm sweating, like just sitting there, you know, everything I do, I'm working up a sweat. And I'm not kidding you. I'm just going to the bathroom, you know. And, um. And I'm like thinking this is all in my head. I must be going crazy. I must be going into a depression, a severe depression, like really fast one. All right. Mm-hmm. So I I, um, I think I made it to. OK, then I'm still taking the Cipro. And by the, the, the 12th day, I'm about to take the pill and I'm like forcing it into my mouth because and I I know something in me is like don't take that pill you know what I mean yeah and so I force it in and um I I think that's the last pill I take you know the I think it was the 12th or 13th day was the last pill I take because it's like this something is not right and I'm pretty sure this is it this white chalky pill yep all right so I, I call, finally, John, my boyfriend's like, you call the doctor, you know, because I mean, I can't even stand up straight at this point. Mm-hmm. And uh, I call the doctor. I don't talk to the doctor. I talk to the assistant. And he, so I'm thinking I'm crazy, right? Like I'm, I'm just going nuts or I'm being like, you know, some crazy person. And this is all going to clear up in just a couple of days, you know, on its own. And she's like, I think you should come in. I think you 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 could use an IV. Like you're having a bad reaction. I'm like, an IV, you know? What? You know, I'm shocked. What what are you talking about? I said, I'll call you tomorrow and let you know how I feel. But tomorrow I even feel worse. So I call her back and I'm like, I need to come in. And I am not joking you. I cannot even walk to the tr- I can't walk to the car basically get to the train so I have to take a taxi into the city which I have never done you know living in New York all that time I always mm-hmm. took the train and um the taxi I mean we're sitting in traffic the whole time and the taxi driver I mean I didn't care because I couldn't even walk the you know two blocks where we're sitting in traffic and I get there and they give me I tell him what's going on and he thinks I'm having some kind of uh what does he call it? A serotonin syndrome, something or another. And I'm like, what? 
you know, I don't, what are you talking? I mean, I have no idea what's going on, but the physician's assistant kind of hints to me that they're, that Cipro causes leg pain that she looked on some forums. Anyway, they end up, I mean, I can, I can't bend my legs. I can't walk. They're killing me. All right. So I, um, I end up, he ends up giving me a treatment for glutathione. Now, I didn't ask for that. I had no idea what it was. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this is like, he does it just because that's what he does for when people have reactions. Right. To whatever. And uh, he does the glutathione treatments a lot for a lot of people. So he... Uh, I feel a lot better afterward and I'm thinking I'm going to like, that's it. I'm done. You know, this is over. All right. My head sort of clears up a little bit and I leave. Now I get, I get home. I take the train back. But the problem is I only felt good for about a half an hour. All right. So I end up off the train and I have to walk this like mile, which I can't do. I absolutely cannot walk the mile and I'm sitting at like benches and stair steps and wherever. And I'm just like, Oh my God, what is going on? This is terrible. You know? So, I mean, I end up making an appointment for, um, he says, he suggests I come in the following day or the day after I forget what it was for another treatment, which I do. But in between this time I decide, okay, I need to look up what this is, you know? FQ text. That's where I find your blog and a bunch of other stuff. Yeah. And, and now I'm just really pissed off. And I'm like, oh, this is not just something that's going to go away in a few hours. You know, I'm terrified. Now I'm like, I am totally screwed and I'm terrified. And what if this doesn't go away? Yeah, I, I remember when... Mm-hmm. Like, I remember when I first looked it up and yeah. realized that it wasn't going to go away in a matter of just a couple of days. It's, it was terrifying. Yeah, and I, and, and I wasn't really sure how long it was going to take because the stories, they ranged from, you know, it seemed like four months to years. Right. I mean, some people, it seems like they're still having problems after being flocks like four years ago or whatever. I I mean, I don't know if they had other health issues. I don't know what the story is, you know, their stories are. But um, it's scary to go online and look at that stuff. It's very frightening. For sure. When did you take the Cipro? Did you say when when it was? I I started it on September 2nd of this past year and I ended it on uh, 12 days later, whatever that was, um, the 13th or something. And now we're recording this at the end of December. Yep. The end of December. So it was October, November, December. It was, um, when is that? So, so you're about three months. I'm three months in. Yep. How, how are you feeling now? Okay, so after after I get the glutathione treatments, I go back and I get a, a bunch more. I'm getting glutathione treatments. I'm telling them to put magnesium in there because as I'm as I'm going, I'm researching all this. 
Okay, now they're doing it, all right? But the doctor will not admit any sort of FQ toxicity or anything. He's making up every single other kind of illness that it could possibly be. I have a slipped disc and I mean, all kind. I, with this really crazy stuff. And, um, and the, my anger with him is like getting really, really bad. All right. And so I also, during this time, look up Go back to the functional medicine website and call every single doctor within a 50-mile radius from my house and ask them if they treat FQ toxicity and not one had treated it or even recognized it as a thing. And basically all of them told me that they use Cipro on a regular basis. It's really disheartening in a lot of ways. Like I know that a lot of people have found some success with functional medicine doctors, primarily through glutathione. But uh-huh. um, it's just disheartening to hear that even doctors like functional medicine doctors who tend to think a bit more holistically and to be willing to use alternative treatments and, and be willing to use nutritional IVs and supplements and things like that, that they are refusing to recognize fluoroquinolone toxicity. Like, that's really, that's really disappointing to me. And, and I mean, like, I'm not trying to get down on all of the, the functional medicine doctors out there. I know that a lot of people have found healing from functional medicine doctors, and a lot of people have found some healing from traditional doctors as well. But I think mm-hmm. that the type of healing that victims of fluoroquinolone toxicity need is more along the lines of the things that functional medicine doctors offer, things like nutritional IVs and, and right. um, just a more holistic approach. And to hear that they, that, that they give out Cipro-like candy just like everyone else does, like that just, yeah. that just makes me sad. Okay, I, I called the Bloom Center, uh, Bloom, the woman that, who I read the book, the autoimmune recovery book, and her, I mean, I, and I, she called me back like three times because I was like, do you treat this, you know, do you guys, she's like, we prescribe Cipro and no, I've never, we don't treat this and I've never heard of it. And I was just like, she did. She was the only person that actually referred me to the Morrison Clinic, which is in New York. They, he, they called me back because I called them and left a message because I mean, I wasn't even going to make an appointment unless the doctor said they treated it, you know? Sure. So that doctor said his assistant or somebody called me back and said, yes, he treats it. Yes. He, and he has a 50% success rate, but let me tell you how expensive that doctor was that didn't take any insurance. I mean, I think just to walk in the door was going to, you know, I was going to drop two grand just to sit with him for 45 minutes. Ouch. So, I, yeah, I know it was insane. I was like, I'll call you back. You know what I mean? But I, I just, I couldn't afford it. Right. So that was really frustrating. And I decided I need to take matters into my own hands. Uh, you know, I can get so many glutathione treatments, but this doctor that I'm seeing is not going to say he's, he is, he said to me, I am not going to treat you for FQ toxicity. Period. 
he said I had Herxheimer effect. And I, that is when you take, um, I don't know, it's a it's some goofy thing they made up in like 1940s to justify side effects for 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 uh, for um, from um, antibiotics. Antibiotics. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's kind of the like to to put a really short summary of it it's, it's kind of the theory of you have to get worse before you get better and there's and there's a die-off effect when you're before you get better right exactly so this die-off effect though is you know in me last is has lasted you know four months now yeah almost yeah so I, this is not a Herxheimer effect no no so Rose tell me a little bit about your health now? Like, are you still declining? Are you getting any better? Is it, how, um, how are you feeling? Well, okay, since I, I was already on the elimination diet, so I haven't had any sort of like, you know, trigger foods, which I, I don't know if they triggered or not. I'm just too scared to change anything. Um, I have been on like, a, just, tons of supplements that the doctor had originally prescribed me plus I had to add a whole bunch more for FQ toxicity which I found mostly on your blog like different things that people were taking and one of your one of your um your guest writers Ruth I don't know uh-huh. if she, what's yeah. her last name on there she did a list of things that was and I picked a bunch out of there that seemed like maybe they could help, and they actually did seem they did help. That's great. Do you? Yeah. Can you tell us which ones seem to have helped the most? It was the the PQQ. The I didn't. She mentions MitoQ, but I never got that because it seemed that it was it was a bit expensive for me mm-hmm. at the time. Um, I may get it now because you know I'm like not spending so much on supplements pqq magnesium theronate mm-hmm. was another one and i think it was alpha lipoic acid might have been another one um i don't know there were four of them she suggested some of them i couldn't even find they were like kind of not very available um even the magnesium theronate was hard to find but but uh, so I did, I started those and I did some other things she suggested. I forget what they were, like the magnesium spray, which I could not tolerate. It made my skin break out in a rash. The magnesium baths, uh, I took, I, I really upped my magnesium and the CQ10 and, and the PQQ, okay. which is mitochondrial supporting, I think. Right, right. Both the PQQ and the coenzyme Q10 are are specifically magnesium, or not not magnesium, mitochondrial supporting supplements. So I'm glad that those that those have helped. Uh, Like, are you still experiencing a lot of the the physical symptoms, the mental symptoms? The Um, the mental symptoms have subsided. Um, Not only you know, the interesting thing is is I, I couldn't, when I, when I got flexed, I couldn't take my, one of my antidepressants anymore. It was too, it was too much. It was like making me feel like I was insane. Um, 
the, I like to think when I got flexed, I, I always think of it as sort of this reverse nirvana. You know how when you meditate, you go into some sort of, you know, state of nirvana. I've never been there, but they say you go into it, you know. Uh-huh. And I always think of like the whole flexing for some reason, I call it like reverse nirvana because it was like almost as if you get like the opposite of what nirvana would feel like the inverse of it it was like you you came to your senses all right but it was in such a bad way that you know you it almost killed you you know like you can smell everything you can taste everything like but but like you were drowning in your senses it was awful you know so why i'm bringing that up is because the, the um I kind of like based my recovery on that sort of uh, metaphor. Right. And so, and I, I think that there's something to that actually, Rose. Like I think that that biologically, like in our brains, there's there's something huge to that, that fluoroquinolones downra- downregulate our GABA-A receptors and uh-huh. just make us really frantic. And, and what you try to do when you meditate and what meditation does is it upregulates your GABA receptors and, uh-huh. and gives you that kind of calm, calmness, clarity type of feeling. And I think that fluoroquinolones truly do the opposite of that. And yeah. I, know, I know that Ruth in her story described it as being in hell and kind of reverse nirvana, very similar. And I, I really think that there's something to that, that it does the opposite of what meditation does to your brain. Oh my God. That's what it was like. So it was because I, I, you know, I had been practicing meditation during this time, like for almost a year now. I could not meditate. Like I tried, I was like, Oh, I'll try to meditate, you know, this pain away or whatever, you know, or just like, there was no way. I mean, I just, I, I have just been able to meditate the past week again. That's how like fast my head has been going or whatever. You can't, you can't do anything. It's like, well, I couldn't, I couldn't meditate. Maybe Buddha can, I don't know. (laughs) I I have no idea. I swear to God though. I I'm like, you know, Buddha writes, there's like this thing called the fire song and it's like, everything is burning. Your eyes are burning. Your, you know, nose are burning. It's the whole, everything's burning in the song. And I'm like, did Buddha take Cipro? (laughs) (laughs) I swear he did, you know? <laughs> you, you, you know, just the, the, the fact that you've mentioned some of your, your struggles with depression in the past, you know, it, it makes me so angry that it's not recognized, that people who have a history of, of depression and anxiety and any sort of psychiatric illness are uh-huh. being prescribed fluoroquinolones at all. They should never be prescribed fluoroquinolones. Anyone with any sort of history. I mean, honestly, I think that anyone with any sort of predisposition or frankly, anyone who values their mental health should not be prescribed a fluoroquinolone. But, yeah. but, but the fact that people who are being treated for psychiatric illnesses are being prescribed fluoroquinolones is just ridiculous considering what's, what they're documented to do to people's brains. You know, I didn't even realize that part of it, like, oh my God, this drug like makes you insane, you know? Um, and a friend of mine said that her mom was in the hospital and had, had, uh, like a lot of friends of mine have had been affected by fluoroquinolones 
they didn't know what it was or they don't call it toxicity or they got, you know, they got like the, the stuff like the broken um, tendons and things like that. But um, the, the, uh, a friend of mine said her mom started to go like uh, psychotic and then the doctor realized she was on Cipro and took her off. But I was just like, what? You know, and I, I, I mean, she was an elderly person. I don't even know why they had her on it. But um, the, I did like that just doesn't that did, did not occur to me even afterward. I, I that I had to really like wrap my head around that. Right. Because again, because I'm also, I've been depressed a long time. So it's like, oh, you were already depressed. So this doesn't have anything to do with anything. Yeah. But, but Rose, do you mind saying what you were saying when we were talking before we started recording? That back in 1992, when you started getting depressed, right before then, you had taken a lot of antibiotics, right? Yes. I was, in 1992, I went into that major, major depression where I spiraled into a clinical depression that was accompanied by a lot of pain, physical pain. Um, all kinds of things got messed up. My thyroid was messed up. My, I mean, I was like, I was a, a mess. I did, I was prescribed a lot of antibiotics prior to that. I don't know which ones they were specifically, but I do recall not too long before I went into that major depression, I was prescribed some antibiotics for a double ear infection and like throat throat infection. It was like a, a whole like sinus and, and ear, nose and throat infection thing going on. And um and it it it's for some reason I recall the that episode of depression being very familiar to the the feelings that I went through just recently uh, when I got floxed, and I wonder now did did I in fact get floxed back then? And I've been trying to treat depression when really I should have been treating being floxed. That's pretty powerful. That's a powerful question. Yeah, and not only that, it's like okay. You know what I've been on? Okay, so I've been on antidepressants since, since 1992. What the hell are those antidepressants doing to me? If Cipro, some you know non, if some antibiotic that everybody takes, everyone I know has been on an antibiotic. Every single person I know. What is you know these drugs that aren't even you know they're like, not even fully you know. Uh, like they're not supposed to be affecting your head. No, right. Right. Like they're not supposed exactly. to be affecting your mental health. And then if something like Cipro can have horrible effects on your mental health, just what exactly are these drugs doing that are supposed to affect your mental health? And yeah, yeah. like it makes you, it, it certainly made me question the entire paradigm of, of medicines that we take, all medicines. I mean, I even, I even question NSAIDs, Advil now. Oh, I have not taken. Okay, can I tell you since I've since I've ta- got flocks, I don't take. I haven't taken an Advil. I went off my Cymbalta. I went off all my other. The other I was on some sort of Cymbalta booster. 
I went off of that. Um, the benzodiazepams or Ativan, whatever that I was prescribed, I'm down to like a smidgen of a dose every now and again. Um, I will, I ref- and here's the weird thing because of all these supplements and this diet or whatever the heck I'm doing, I have not been depressed. So I don't know what's going on. I, I, there are some serious changes going on in my body, and I, I, I just decided I had to get really proactive about it. And big pharma is not helping me anymore. So I'm, I'm done. I'm done with them. I mean, if I have to, you know, we'll see. But at this point in time, I just feel like I'm completely done. I think I feel like they failed me. Right. Right. Yep. I I agree. You know, if they if they poison us, then we're not yeah. going to trust them anymore. And For something and, as mundane as an antibiotic right. that everybody takes. Right. Yeah. Right. And and people just aren't really putting together the pieces. You know, it's hard to put together the pieces. Like who would really think that an antibiotic could have effects on your mental health, could make you feel depressed or anxious. Like who would, who would think that an antibiotic would affect your tendons, even though it has a black box warning on it. It took a long time for that black box warning to get added because I, I think in part, because who would really think? How, who would make that connection between a tendon rupture that happens six months later and an antibiotic that you took for a sinus um, infection? It's really crazy. No one. I would never have made that connection ever, never, never. I wouldn't even that the thought that maybe an antibiotic caused my original depression has never crossed my mind in the past 20 years. And now I look around thinking, oh, my God, that person has every single symptom of taking Cipro. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm yeah. not kidding you. I'm like, wow. You know, all their problems sort of add up, you know, into this, like, have you ever taken, you know, a, a fluoroquinolone? Mm-hmm. And it's like, I, I that's, a, I, I really, you know, I want like everyone I know to know that, that, that those are really dangerous drugs that can affect your life for years and years and years. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we're, we're getting the word out, you know, one person at a time. And when people listen to this podcast, hopefully, hopefully they'll listen to it with a couple of friends or like listen to it in the car and share it with their family or send it over to their doctor or maybe even doctors will listen to it and stop prescribing so much. Um, The last interview I had was with Rachel and she's the president of the Quinolone Vigilance Foundation and they've been going around to doctor's offices and hospitals and giving presentations on the dangers of fluoroquinolones. So, you know, like we're getting, we're getting the word out and, you know, one of these days we're going to hit the tipping point. And people and so. people are just going to realize. People are going to get it. I, I really, really hope so. I mean, I, I, I really, I really hope so. I, I just, I'm afraid. Like, how, how, you know, how will it be too late? How many people will be affected by this? Right. You know, how many broken hips and torn, you know, knee, knee tendons is it going to take how many people in the hospital you know for severe or suicide attempts is it going to take yeah you know yeah it's scary it's like really it's really scary because if I hadn't known that this past you know 
this was like a, you know, because of the Cipro and got, did everything that, you know, just found like the resources that I found, I would probably still be spiraling into that depression. Right. Right. And that's why I put the information out there. And that's why other people, the Quinlan Vigilance and, uh, Foundation puts information out there. That's why all of the people who are contributing to the online forums, the Facebook groups, everyone is putting this information out there to, to get the word out and to help people and to try and share advice and, you know, do, do what we can. And kind of with that yeah. noted, do you have any words of advice, words of wisdom that you want to get pe- give people who are listening to this? I just I don't take fluoroquinolones. <laughs> and if you do, <laughs> if you do, like, you know, go, go look for what treatment plan is right for you. Take your treatment into your own hands. The doctor's not going to help you. They don't know how, first of all. There might be some doctors out there to help you, but it's they're really hard to find. Um, I would say just take your treatment, take your health into your own hands and, you know, find what's right for you. Follow your heart. That's right. basically it. And a good starting place would be like your blog, Floxy Hope, or some of the, you know, the... Um, the forums or the fluoroquinolone vigilance foundation foundation i was gonna say fund i'm like it's not fun (laughs) team no it's not a team team. foundation okay yeah or you know places like that that can send you into a different different you know avenues that that help you. I mean, the, the one thing, I mean, I can't say I did any one thing. I feel a lot better, but it's really like day to day. Like I'll feel good for four hours and then, oh my God, I mean, you know, my legs really hurt. The one thing that really helped me though are, is compression clothing. No, like that's, that's totally understandable. Actually. Like I bought some compression socks. There were some people who were talking about pots and, um, and pots stands for post it's, it's a, it's when you're, I don't remember what it stands for, but it's when your autonomic nervous system stops functioning. And I would bet quite a bit of money that a lot of pots patients have taken fluoroquinolones before, but, um, but yeah, like I bought some compression socks because like I was scared that my autonomic nervous system had shut down and just uh-huh. wasn't wasn't sending the blood up like it was like it was supposed to. And they helped for a yeah, little bit. I, like I stopped I stopped wearing them, but I think it's it's great that they helped you. That's fantastic. I wear the socks. I wear like the not compression. I wear like these knee bands. Um, they have like, they're, they look like ACE bandages that you kind of slide on. Mm -hmm. And then I wear Spanx, the number four or whatever, the strongest ones you can find that, that support the thighs. Uh huh. And for some, I mean, that really, that helps a lot. The magnesium baths, lots of compression clothing, tons of, uh, probiotics, um, fish oil, then the things I mentioned earlier from Ruth's, you know, thing. And then I think, I don't know, diet, maybe, I don't know. I mean, I think you just become really sensitive to everything and you just got to wait it out kind of thing. Sure. You know, it's like nothing. And I mean, I would say just 
take it slow and don't give yourself, you know, don't beat yourself up about it because it's like, you could, you tend to do those things too. Like what's wrong with me? Why don't I feel better? Um, you know, it's, it's hard. I mean, some days I can only get around for a couple hours. Right. It's, it's a journey and it is hard. It is hard. Like absolutely. I, I acknowledge that. Like it's, it's hard and it takes a long time and it, I wish it would go away faster. Yeah, I do too. But I mean, yeah, patience would be, you know, one of the things I would say, just be patient with yourself and every little step you do take is a huge step. Try to look back and go, wow, I'm so much better than I was last week. I mean, every day I'm like, wow, I'm so much better than I was even yesterday. That's great. Yeah. Like, I think it's really important to have that perspective of, of celebrating small victories and not comparing yourself to how you were before you got floxed, but comparing yourself to how you were yesterday or 10 minutes right. ago or, or, or two days so. ago. You know, like it's, right. it, it's important to just kind of keep that perspective. And we have pretty much reached our time limit. So I'd oh. like to kind of end on that really positive note, unless you'd like to say anything else, Rose. Nope, that's it. Thanks for having me, Lisa. It was really nice. Yeah. I, I I hope that uh, this really helps people. I really do. I I hope it. I hope it will too. And thank you so much for sharing your story, Rose. And thank you for for being on. Bye, thank everyone. You. Bye.